Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. Christmas Special 2021. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. Hello. 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 Merry Christmas, Adam. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Matt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our annual Grim Reading Christmas party. Yeah, thanks for coming, everyone. Um, we do this every year, of course. I know it's your favourite episode. It really is. It's so much fun to it record is, and enjoy editing it as well. It's, oh, it's, it's just a blast. Well, what do we have before us, Adam? We always bring Christmas delights. We do. We have always have some festive treats on the table. Oh, you don't actually know, do you? Sorry, I no, think Matt you're... has done the catering this year. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what, what have we got before us? I see a bowl of nuts. There's a bowl of mixed nuts. Oh, I love good, good mixed nuts. We've got a lovely looking bit of Stollen. Oh, I love Stollen. Can't wait to get into that. Oh. And then we've also got a load of, of course, mince pies. Mince pies. Mince pies, which we have already talked about before. I think I failed to explain what a mince pie was <laughs> once. <laughs> I think I called it a circle or something. Um, it is a circle. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, so there's a little, yeah, it's a bowl of mince pies, which are, Adam, Adam, would you care to explain what, uh, what a mince pie is? What a mince pie is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little circle. <laughs> it's a ti- joy. It's a tiny little pastry pie uh, full of mincemeat. Whoa, hold your horses. Wait, I know meat? what you're thinking. What? It's not actual meat, Matt. No. What, what it is, is loads of cut up fruit <laughs> and other stuff. <laughs> you went into that so confident. And like spices yeah, yeah. and some other bits and bobs. It's yeah. all very festive and it tastes delicious. Yeah. Usually serve warm. Yes. Not today. No. I've got something else on the boil. Oh, what's going on there? I see it's actually um, steaming, would you say? <laughs> I thought, yeah, I think we could, we could say, say it's steaming. steaming. Yeah, sure. What, what's that over there? That is some non-alcoholic mulled wine. <laughs> non-alcohol for us. <laughs> that is non-alcohol. I love mulled wine, mulled punch. Oh. Again... So we just explain what mince pies are. That's because I think it's mostly a thing here in Britain. Um, mold wine. Do you have that elsewhere? Do you know? Yes. Yeah. You do. Oh, okay. But it's not necessarily called mold wine. So gotcha. in Germany, it's Glühwein, isn't it? Um, I think in Scandinavian countries, it's Glück. You know way more about this than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> you might have spent in that way. Pull the old uh, mold wine knowledge. Would an Aussie that. have a bit of mold wine or is it? Too hot on a Christmas day. Trouble is there, Matt. Their festive season is in the summer, so probably the yeah. last thing they want is a, a glass yeah. of, of mulled wine. They probably want a, I don't know, Foster's. Adam Hemisphere specific field. <laughs> I've called you it before. Oh, you know what you're no. talking about when it comes I'm to hemispheres. I'm so hyper aware of it, but I still <laughs> let my guard down every now and again. So I, I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour us a glass of that. Oh yes, please. I don't even think we explain what. Do you want to explain what mulled wine is? I will explain what, what it is while you are serving up the non-alcoholic mulled punch. So usually mulled wine has alcohol in it. I think the alcohol is wine. Oh, it's mulled wine, isn't it? That would make sense. And I'm not entirely sure what the mulling means, but it's normally served hot. 
and it's got lots of sort of festive spices in, lots of cinnamon and nutmeg and cloves and ginger. Uh, and there's normally a fruity element, like a sort of citrusy juice in there. So it's, it's quite fruity. Um, and it's just delicious. It's just the most delicious thing. Matt's coming over here with two glasses. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, look at that. Well, cheers. Here's to uh, 2021. Cheers. And a grim Christmas. Happy Christmas. That is very tasty. Uh, so it's non-alcoholic. Um, well, I think you've got a you've got another little alcoholic treat for yourself over there. By the looks, I of do. Things. I feel I very know. guilty, but um, Matt's not doing alcohol tonight. Mm. But I am, and I brought uh, I brought in a little hip flask of my own. Uh, homemade slow gin from last year, batch of 2020. Get you. I know. Get me. Well, well I've, got, I've get, got me. Get you a drink. <laughs> get oh. me a drink, please. Sadly, I I can't I can't have any alcohol because I I've been a bit under the weather the last mm. few weeks, and I'm on some doctor prescribed drugs to oh, uh, yeah. improve the situation. The best kind of drugs, which means I can't drink alcohol mm. at a Christmas party. But I mean, it's not the worst thing that's happened this year. So I'm just going to have to deal with it. I would agree. It's a shame, but yeah. um, and I, it's making me feel extra bad just drinking in front of you. That's but all right. I've got my non-alcoholic mulled wine, although apparently it's called mulled punch. Yeah. So maybe there's some be, legal thing there. You've got, <laughs> got to be specific there. Yes. And, uh, I mean, we got, I mean, it's so Christmassy here. We've got a few other things. Well, first of all, we got the weirdest candle you've ever seen in your life. You just demonstrated it to me before yeah. we hit record, and I my mind is blown. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. What? So it's like it's a it's a big round candle, big round, round candle. circular, big round circle. <laughs> it's candle shape, but a big one. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. That's it, it. But in it, it's got like it's got some like fir tree leaf thingy majig so some like greenery like you can set see in into it. the wax set into the wax yeah but then the weirdest thing is when you light it these weird lights inside it come on yeah like it's got fairy lights inside the candle but the strangest thing was they didn't actually even go on when i lit the candle they went on when i like was going to light the candle yeah. the lights just magically turned on and it I don't understand that. It's some magic. I don't it's some witchcraft. You get traditional candles with a wick that you light, and you get fake candles with lights in them, but never the twain should meet. And, and yet here I am. This is, you can have it all. Fusion candle. Whoa. It's blowing my tiny mind. Amongst the mince pies, we've also got uh, a chocolate and clementine tart. Is that what that is? That's what it oh, is. I was eyeing that up. That looks nice. <laughs> it's got your name on it. Oh, yeah. And finally, of course, it wouldn't be Christmas without crackers. Christmas crackers. Christmas crackers. Uh, now, you might recognise those crackers, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> they look familiar. Uh, they're exactly the same crackers we had last year, Excellent. the year before, and the year before, if this is our fourth one. <laughs> Um, because, as I said last year, I don't have any other friends. <laughs> um, I actually went on an ill-fated cracker expedition today. Yeah. Uh, and came back empty-handed, and I just had to dig these out of the... Uh, There's no shame in that. Yeah, the cupboard. Get, get the old crackers out of the cupboard. No shame at all. I can't even remember what we got in the crackers last time, so it'll still be a surprise. Well, forget the past. It's future time. Future Would you time. like a cracker? Yes, please. All right. Here What's, we go. Should we oh, pull yeah. two? Let's pull two. Okay. Three, two, one, go. 
Oh, yeah. I got the big one. I got the little one. <laughs> I got the big one. <laughs> what have we got here? Okay. Oh, there's a badger wearing a hat. We're going to assume everyone knows what crackers are by now. We're not going to. If you don't, go back to the first Christmas special of 2018. And we explained it. And I've probably explained it since then as well. Or Google it. Or Google it. Yeah, that's probably a quicker way, isn't it? Okay, so what have you got there, Adam? I've got a lovely blue paper hat, which looks like you've got as well. A lovely blue paper hat. On they go. Let's pop that on. Uh, Mine doesn't (laughs) fit. Adam's Um, head's got bigger. I'm so confused. How am I going to. Just sort of rest it on it. There you go. Is that, how's that looking? Mm. Not great, no, is it's, it? That's good. That is a good look. What else have I got? So I have not got a gift because this is a little, <laughs> little cracker. <laughs> I haven't got the cheap cracker. You want the little but one? But I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, Matt. I'm absolutely fine with that. No problem at all. Um, so I've got a joke. What part of a clock is always old? <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> well, barber clock is always old. <laughs> can, can, can I work it out, or is it impossible? Uh, yeah, you probably could. It's quite lateral, though. Ah. The hand, the old hand. Oh, no. so close. Old handy. No hand. Yeah, well, that's part of it. Hand. Hand. Wh- what hands are on the clock? Big and small. Big and small, Matt, please. Minute and hour hand. And? Second hand. The second hand. The second hand. Boom. Yes. He's done it. He's only gone and done it. That was impressive. That wasn't was it? very good. Razor sharp. Always. <laughs> Always razor sharp. Uh, okay, well, I've got, um, yeah, the little blue paper hat. I did get a gift. Oh, yeah. It's a little uh, bunny decoration. Oh, that's nice. Or hair. Christmassy hair. Very lovely. Hang that on. Oh, yeah, I remember doing that before. The old <laughs> Robin. New crackers. Uh, and then time for a joke. Okay, I'm ready. How do snowmen travel around? How do snowmen travel around? How do snowmen travel around? How do snowmen travel around, fab bus? Um, uh, snowmen. Ice. Uh, ice. Oh, you're on it. You are on it. Ice. Ice cream truck. I. <laughs> oh no, the snow plow. What do they got on the ice plane? The ice. No. Think of means of transport. Think of means of transport. Car. No. Train. No. Plane. No. Boat. No. Ship. No. Roller skates. No. Closer. <laughs> Scooters. No. Motorbikes. No. Push bikes. What's another name for that? Bicycle. Yes. Bicycle. By icicle. By icicle. <laughs> <laughs> That's how snowmen travel around. So, what's uh, what's up next? What I'm, I'm going to have a mince pie. That's what's up next. I think I'm going to have to do that too. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, do you know mm. Wanted to know something exciting? Yeah. This is going to be my first mince pie of the season. I don't mm. know if you've already indulged or not, but I have not. I've indulged quite heavily oh. so far. <laughs> Wasn't able to hold myself back. As soon as it's 1st of December, it's fair game, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's mm. a good mince pie. Mm. Okay, I can see some little gifts on the table as I well. I can see some little gifts too. They're the same ones. They're mine. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I've hidden mine. I've hidden mine. Oh, Matt's got gifts as well. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> so. Gifts. Looks like we've got each other two gifts 
I think we have. So who goes first? I don't mind. Shall um, I go? Yeah. Yeah, why don't I go first? Okay, so okay, so I've got a lovely um, present here. It's uh, in reindeer wrapping paper. So oh, I've, yeah. Um, red reindeer. Little red reindeer, shiny red reindeer. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, what have we got? What have we got? What have we got? Hmm. It's a... It's a it's a DVD. Yeah. It's a digital versatile disc. No, I can't. Our, <laughs> it's our favourite. I can't format. remember. <laughs> what? You're gonna have to open it and see what it okay. is because I might have totally misremembered our conversation. Okay, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you seen that? I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, I've not seen. You've that. You've not seen it. I've yes. not seen that. DreamWorks Entertainment <laughs> presents <laughs> starring. Antonio Banderas, it's Puss in Boots, yes. the movie. Come on. <laughs> One perfect family movie, oh, says the Sunday Mirror. Shall I, shall I read the um? Yeah, the no, let's do it. <laughs> you loved him in Shrek. Yeah, I did. Now, see where the one and only swashbuckling feline found his fame. And a very big pair of boots in the hilariously funny, Associated Press, animated epic. Lover, fighter, and outlaw Puss in Boots, Antonio Banderas, is off on the adventure of his nine lives as he teams up <laughs> with Kitty Softpaws, Wait, who? Salma Hayek, and Humpty Dumpty, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah, as Humpty Dumpty, yep. For the ultimate showdown with the notorious Jack and Jill, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, and Amy Sedaris, here's the true story of the cat, the myth, the legend, Puss in Boots. Wow. Doesn't that sound exciting? That is pretty good copy, actually. That's better than most bags yeah. of DVDs we've read on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes me want to watch it. That is brilliant. Thanks, man. And it's got a glitter box bonus. I mean, you don't get bonus features anymore. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. Oh, that's so good. It's got deleted scenes. That is very exciting. So, yeah. So, we uh, obviously, this came up in uh, Puss in Boots, which was our first episode of the year. Uh, as we went on a history of Puss in Boots from... Uh, late medieval Venice to Antonio Banderas. There we go. That's the line. <laughs> Which has got to be a, a podcast catchphrase <laughs> at some point. That From was pure medieval. genius. Oh, that was amazing. And I didn't even know I was rhyming. No. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so that's great. I mean, that's just... Uh, oh. Little that's trip. the icing on the Puss in Boots cake. I think. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we have had a lot of feedback about Shrek as well, haven't we? Well, this is it. Yeah, a lot of people recommending the different films in the franchise. And I think Puss in Boots as well. Yeah. So I didn't realise that's his um, origin story. It's yeah. interesting. Oh, so we're going to see what happens before the fairy yeah, tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling another 10 out of 10. <laughs> Coming on. Okay, uh, your turn. Okay. Your first gift. Oh. Now, this is intriguing. Mm. Thank you very much, Matt. This is not your traditional rap gift. He's handed me... A tiny scroll, uh, tied very neatly up in a little ribbon, mm. and some object wrapped in tissue paper. Yeah. This is all one gift. Yeah, so I'd say, sorry, the, the, oh, eating. So mm. I'd say, open the tissue paper. Open the tissue paper first. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll have to explain. Okay. <laughs> I love a present you have to explain. Ooh. A spider <laughs> ornament. Hanging up. I love it. I don't understand it. <laughs> okay. Now open the now scroll. Now open the scroll. It's very pretty. <gasps> Please read. The miracle 
of the Christmas Spider. Yeah. A poor but hard-working widow once lived in a small hut with her children. One summer day, a pine cone fell on the earthen floor of the hut and took root. The widow's children cared for the tree, excited at the prospect of having a Christmas tree by winter. The tree grew, but when Christmas Eve arrived, they could not afford to decorate it. Oh, that's sad. The children sadly went to bed and fell asleep. Early the next morning, they woke up and saw the tree covered with cobwebs. When they opened the curtains, the first rays of sunlight touched the webs and turned them into gold and silver. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. The widow and her children were overjoyed. From then on, they never lived in poverty again. Wait, how? (laughs) (laughs) Literally or? Okay. It's a happy story. (laughs) Since then, it has become traditional to hang tinsel on a Christmas tree and to have a spider amongst the decoration to bring good luck. It's a tinsel origin story. It's a tinsel origin story. That's amazing. Klaxon. Amazing. Yeah, so uh, to explain, this is the legend of the Christmas spider. Yeah. So um, I've got a little Wikipedia article up here because I didn't write anything down about it. Uh, the Legend of the Christmas Spider is an Eastern European folktale which explains the origin of tinsel on Christmas trees. It is most prevalent in Western Ukraine, where small ornaments in the shape of a spider are traditionally part of the Christmas decorations. Wow. Now, I've also read that this perhaps started in Germany as well. So I don't know if it's still a thing in Germany, but uh, yeah, I read that they might have started this. So it's basically the, uh, the origin story of tinsel. So That's amazing. So a poor family had no Christmas decorations, and at night a spider... spider. Span its web, and when the light went on it, it reflects all silver and gold. And this is in Ukraine. I think so, think. yeah. And so the tradition... Did you say... Uh, the tradition is to hang tinsel on the Christmas tree and to have a spider amongst the decorations. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And now I've got a spider. Yeah. And I own tinsel, so next yeah. Christmas... Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's not... It's not the spider I wanted to get you. <laughs> Is it not? They were going like hotcakes, mate. Honestly, they were so popular. Wow. Christmas spider decorations. But it's quite nice. You can bend the legs as well. I noticed. Yeah. It's really satisfying. This is part of my um, project to colonise your Christmas tree, I realised. Because I got you a <laughs> Christmas got the decoration gr- last year. Grim reading bauble, yeah. Yeah. I love it. That was great. Awesome. And I got the origin story of tinsel. Oh, oh that's fantastic. I mean... I think the the real history of tinsel is less interesting. <laughs> to try and have a little look, but it's Christmas. We're not going to go into that. Oh, that was great. So, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. One present each left to give. Who's going to go first? You slash me, as in you pass me it over and I'll you. open it. I will give that to you. Thank you. Ooh, so similar shape to the uh, uh-huh. the DVD. Uh, a little heavier. Same wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. I'm getting book vibes. You're getting book vibes. Getting real strong book vibes. Oh, the best kind of vibes. <gasps> no. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no way! What is this? Uh, it's a good question. What is this? Um, <laughs> that is possibly the best gift I've ever received in my life. <laughs> that is amazing. It's a book. Yeah. Called. Ask Baba Yaga. Yeah. Otherworldly advice for everyday troubles. (laughs) So, um, we live in uncertain times. You might have a lot of questions, Matt. I think you might find the answer to a lot of those in that book. So, from what I understand, a woman in Russia grew up near the forests. Okay. Hearing about Baba Yaga. She then 
started. She then started to commune with Baba Yaga. Wait, what? And so basically, she people ask her questions, and she gets the answers from Baba Yaga and writes them on a typewriter. Genuinely, genuinely, as in people like send her yeah. questions. Okay, shall I read the back? Yeah, yeah, read the back. Uh, in age-old Slavic fairy tales, the witch Baba Yaga is sought out by those with a burning need for guidance. We met Baba Yaga. We've met her a few times. So we met her in... This isn't on the back of the book. <laughs> we met her in... What episode was it? Fundifogel, a.k.a. Fledgling. Uh, and then we, we have um, also discussed her in our Grim Fables. In contemporary life, Baba Yaga, a dangerous, slippery oracle, answered earnest questions on the hairpin for years. What? Yeah, these, don't, pa- don't know. these pages collect her most poignant, surreal, and humorous exchanges, along with all new questions and answers for those seeking her mystical advice. With a strange, otherworldly style, poetic clarity, and striking honesty, Ask Baba Yaga contains beautifully skewed wisdom to be consulted in times of need. Wow. So, I mean, should we delve in? Should let's we, let's should get a bit of, bit of advice from Baba Yaga. <laughs> what kind of advice is Baba Yaga going to give? <laughs> Why do I keep getting drunk on weeknights? Oh, this is... Do we good. want that? Yes, let's okay, hear this. Why right. do I keep getting drunk on mid- weeknights, Matt? Dear Baba Yaga, why do I keep getting drunk on weeknights? Then I go into work weepy and ashamed. I do it only once a week, different nights. I went to an AA meeting, but I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I don't drink on weekends. What do I do? <laughs> oh, wow, this is heavy. <laughs> this is okay. real, really heavy. Yeah. Okay, well, you were so enthusiastic about this question as well. <laughs> what's Baba Yaga got to say? Year. Why are? Year. Fear I is a scant. I don't know if she's got this. Year. Fear I is a scant. Ampersand. Look in falsely. Your foot is hopping into the fireplace, but you look out the window at your lover. <laughs> Mind the burning, tend the fire. Ask me the real question when you see it peering. <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> Great advice. That's amazing. I don't understand the advice. Let, oh. Should we say, we'll, we'll say we'll, okay, that's enough from Baba Yaga for now. Okay. Wow, that is so cool, Adam. <sighs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. You are most welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that sound to come out of your mouth. Yeah. One final gift. Final gift. For from, Adam. From Matt to me. There you go. Thank you very much. It is um, a very familiar size and shape. <laughs> we love them. <laughs> it's beautifully wrapped. Oh. I see... One word. Disney. Oh. <laughs> what could it be? And now, you're, now you're even more excited. I'm so excited now. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's Basil, the great mouse detective. <laughs> okay, so I'd never heard of this in my life. <laughs> Matt has since mentioned it several times, and several different listeners have got in touch to say... Uh, yeah, Matt's absolutely right. It's the best thing ever. Should we? Uh, should we? Should we have a listen uh, from our listeners? Should we hear yes. what they have to say on yes. this topic? Sorry, let's. Because I'm so excited. If this is half as good as you're all saying it is, <laughs> I can't wait to watch this. Okay, what are they saying? So, Basil, the Great Mouse Detective, yeah. was first mentioned in our Sleeping Beauty movie review. Yeah. 
which was our Grim, Grim Fables episode 12. So it was just for patrons. I don't think Basil the Great Mouse Detective has ever been mentioned on the actual podcast. Has it not? I don't think so. It might have been, but that's where it started. Oh, so it was mentioned a couple of years ago. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, probably a year and a I half ago. I was thinking ago. it was this year. Wow. Ah, time flies. Time does fly. So I was like, yeah, Sleeping Beauty was great. But Basil the Great Mouse Detective, that's my favourite Disney film ever. Because so I think we were talking about what Disney films we knew. Yeah. Uh, I had it on VHS as a kid. I'd watch it on repeat. Um, I kind of know it line by line. And I also claimed that it's possibly one of the greatest films ever made. Like, outside of Disney, objectively. That's a bold claim. Um, so Adam, yeah, said, rightly perhaps, that is a bold claim. But we got a few listeners backing me up. Mm-hmm. So I've collated a bit of the, uh, the evidence what have I got to say? First of all, Jennifer Palmer messaged us and said, I have The Great Mouse Detective in my video collection. It was a favourite with my children and definitely one of the best Disney movies. Devon M uh, messaged us a long time ago <laughs> uh, and he sent us another message and at the end he wrote, P.S. The Great Mouse Detective is one of the most underrated Disney films. It was one of my favourites too, Matt. If that wasn't enough, oh. Ariadne Panalva messaged, catching up on the feed with an important message that I think Matt in particular will enjoy. One of my closest friends also thinks Basil the Great Mouse Detective is objectively one of the best films ever made, and it is also her favourite Disney film. I've told her about Grim Reading for a while, but when I told her about your similar thoughts on that movie, she begged me to write to you on her behalf, while also saying, and I quote, HE IS RIGHT THOUGH, in caps. <laughs> So here goes a confirmation that you did not dream this movie up and it is definitely an underrated Disney classic and one of my top five favourite Disney movies. It is also, in my opinion, one of the best Sherlock Holmes spin-offs adaptions that exists. Wow. Is this... Oh, I see from the image on the back, it, it, he is looking a bit Sherlock Holmesy, isn't he, with his, with his mm-hmm. Deerstalker on? Wow, I mean... The, the evidence is piling up it is. in favour of Basil the Great Master. We also Detective. had a picture... And I don't want to tell you how long I spent searching all our feeds for it. Someone, I swear, sent us a picture of the film. Did they? And like a DVD and said, Matt will like this. Can't find it anywhere. But I swear there was more evidence. Did you dream this? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You do love Basil. I'm so excited. This is a a very high quality (laughs) DVD box, isn't it? It's all shiny. Uh, Okay, can I read the blurb? Please. The clues are in. The pressure's on. <laughs> that's not that's not the right voice for it. The case of a lifetime is about to unfold in no, Disney's... No, that's definitely not the right <laughs> voice for it. <laughs> the case of a lifetime is about to unfold in Disney's greatest mystery classic. From the cobblestone streets of turn-of-the-century London to the inner clockworks and towering Big Ben. Oh, I'm excited already. You'll oh. delight in all the fact-finding fun of this non-stop musical adventure. A popular toy maker is missing, and there's only one mouse for the job, the famous super sleuth Basil of Baker Street. With his trusty assistant Dr. Dawson at his side, Basil discovers that his arch enemy, Professor Rattigan... Rattigan. Oh. Professor Rattigan. <laughs> Don't make me sing the songs <laughs> from the film. It's <laughs> oh, no. behind the disappearance. Now it will take his finest detective work ever to locate the toy maker and reunite him with his daughter, Olivia. All evidence points... (laughs) I can't wait for this. All evidence points to fun for the whole family. (laughs) (laughs) In this Disney favourite film with mystery, colourful animation and endearing characters, The Great Mouse Detective. Wow. Yeah. 
I am sold. Yeah. I oh. mean, I don't think they're selling it by calling it fact-finding. Join us on some fact-finding. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> it sound makes it very sound like appealing. homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's not obviously not fairy tale at all, but I mean, really, no. this, I mean, this was... This was the whole point of the yeah. podcast. I can reveal that now. Yeah. Was just to spread the word of Basil the Great Mastiff. So it's working. My work here is done. What? That's it. Podcast over. Job done. <laughs> Go over. home. Yeah. Good fun. Well, thank you very much. I can't wait to watch Basil the Great Mastiff. Now I know he's roaming the streets of Victorian London. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is exciting. Well, I tell you what I can't wait for. Go on. A Christmas story. Christmas story. That's the real reason you're here, isn't it? It is. Right. I'm going to get us some more mold punch. Oh, let's do it. And you get that book out. Oh, yeah. Donna looks good. It does. I can't think about anything else right now. Uh, so <laughs> you're literally staring. Yeah, literally, at the I'm staring at the stall, and I can't. Have a bit of Donna. Thank stolen. you very much. So mm-hmm. this year for Christmas, I'm going to read to you mm-hmm. another Hans Christian Andersen story. Whoa. Okay. And this one is called the Steadfast Tin Soldier. Oh, I'm excited. Are you? I'm very excited. The Steadfast Tin Soldier. (laughs) Heard of it before? No, I haven't. I know that Hans Christian Andersen has a lot of um, uh, festive stories. He does. That's why he keeps cropping up. This is one I haven't heard of, so I'm Mm. excited. Interesting, yeah. We've had uh, Fir Tree before, which is quite a famous one. That's a lot to live up to. All right, so shall we? Let's do it. The Steadfast Tin Soldier. There were once five and twenty tin soldiers. Twenty-five? Yeah. Okay. Five and twenty now. Sure. Come on. They were all brothers, born of the same old tin spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Enjoying it. I'm enjoying it already. They shouldered their muskets and looked straight ahead of them, splendid in their uniforms, all red and blue. The very first thing in the world that they heard was, Tin soldiers! A small boy shouted it and clapped his hands as the lid was lifted off their box on his birthday. He immediately set them up on the table. All of these soldiers looked exactly alike, except one. He looked a little different, as he had been cast last of all. The tin was short, so he only had one leg. But there he stood, as steady on one leg as any of the other soldiers on there too. Yeah, I bet. But just you see, he'll be the remarkable one. (laughs) I was was literally going to say, is that the steadfast tin soldier? I had a feeling he'd be the remarkable one. I like the way the story tells you, watch out for this one. (laughs) It would have been funny if it was like, um, this one will not feature in the story. (laughs) That's all. But forget about him because he's irrelevant. (laughs) On the table with the soldiers were many other playthings. Oh. And one... 
that no eye could miss was a marvellous castle of cardboard. It had little windows through which you could look right inside it. And in front of the castle were miniature trees around a little mirror supposed to represent a lake. That's weird. The wax swans that swam on its surface were reflected in the mirror. Hmm. All of this was very pretty, Mm. but prettiest of all was the little lady who stood in the open doorway of the castle. Though she was a paper doll, she wore a dress of the fluffiest gauze. The fluffiest? Gauze. Gauze? Gauze. 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 G A W. No, G A U Z E. Gauze. It's like a, oh. it's like that sort of mesh, isn't it? Isn't gauze what um uh, like tutus are made of? I wouldn't know. Okay. Gauze. Gauze. <laughs> Didn't think I'd be hearing the word gauze so much. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a thin, translucent fabric with a loose, open weave. I will not be googling tutu as well, though. I think that's enough. A tiny blue ribbon went over her shoulder for a scarf, and in the middle of it shone a spangle that was as big as her face. (laughs) (laughs) The little lady held out both her arms, as a ballet dancer does, and one leg was lifted so high behind her that the tin soldier couldn't see it at all, and he supposed she must have only one leg as he did, which is nice. He couldn't see it at all. What angle is he looking at her? I don't know, but Face her on. leg is so far up you can't see it. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> My leg is so far up you can't even see it. <laughs> Where's my leg? <laughs> Wait, what happened to your leg? <laughs> it's just so far up you can't see it. What? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. We'll Maybe he's looking at it from an angle or something. I, I don't know. Okay. I can't answer that. So, okay. I mean, this is, wow. This, this is a lucky kid. With all this. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And this poor, you know, soldier with one leg thinks he's seeing a kindred spirit. Yes. That would be a wife for me, he thought. <laughs> oh, God, what a strange... <laughs> no messing around. There's no messing around here. <laughs> That'll be a wife. <laughs> That'll be a wife. That'll be a wife. <laughs> That's not very romantic. <laughs> oh, look out over there. That'll be a wife. <laughs> but maybe she's too grand... She lives in a castle. I only have a box with four and twenty roommates to share it. That's no place for her. But I must try and make her acquaintance. Tale as old as time. It is, isn't it? The the one-legged tin soldier and the (laughs) woman with the leg really high. (laughs) Well, still as stiff as when he stood at attention, he lay down on the table behind a snuff box. (laughs) It's going on. This is a Christmas story. Yeah. Okay. Where he could... Is he rolling around in snuff? <laughs> like some drug addict. Oh. He lay down on the table behind a snuff box where he could admire the dainty little dancer who kept standing on one leg without ever losing her balance. so Ma- weird. Matt is struggling. This is so weird. It's not wholesome so far. It's quite... Oh, he's just staring at his ballet dancer. From behind the snuff box. behind the snuff box. <laughs> it's getting a bit creepy. When the evening came, the other tin soldiers were put away in their box, and the people of the house went to bed. Mm-hmm. Now the toys began to play among themselves. It's, it's Toy Story. Yeah. It's Toy Story. It's Toy Story, right? What? I know. What? Toys that come to life when humans aren't yeah. in the room. It's, it's Toy Story. But like from the 1800s. Oh my God. Whoa. What is going on? 
Hans Christian Andersen wrote Toy Story. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh my, okay. All right. Wow. So is Mr. Potato Head coming out? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Buzz Lightyear, that dinosaur thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just reading the Toy Story script from here on out. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone's gone to bed. The toys now began to play among themselves at visits. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and battles. And it's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I was just thinking, when, when you said, did you say he lay down behind the snuff box? So already he was doing that on his own. Yeah. He was animated. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. So we already knew that he could move. He could move. Yeah. Just... I'm not sure when he managed to do that, when people weren't looking. Yeah. But so all his brothers are put away and he's still out or are all the toys now out playing at battle and the like? Basically, they are all in the box, but he's outside. Gotcha. That's why he lay down. Yeah, all right. He's just, just a smart mm. one-legged tin soldier. Now, they're playing among themselves at visits and battles and giving balls. <laughs> at visits? Is that where you knock on the door and yeah. say, how do you do? <laughs> it's it's a fun do? game to play. <laughs> um, yeah, visits and battles and giving balls. The tin soldiers rattled about in their box, for they wanted to play too. But they could not get the lid open. <laughs> so the box is just like vibrating. <laughs> on the surface. Oh, that's brilliant. The nutcracker turned somersaults hmm. and the slate pencil squeaked out jokes on the slate. <laughs> Doing a stand up routine. <laughs> the toys made such a noise that they woke up the canary bird, who made them a speech all in verse. Wow. The only two who oh, stayed still. Oh, we didn't still. get to hear it. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, that. you were excited for the canary, yeah. canary speech in verse. <laughs> Freestyle now I'm poetry. a canary and I'm here to say <laughs> It's Christmas now, we're all going to play. <laughs> there we go. But the only two who stayed still were the tin soldier and the little dancer. Without ever swerving from the tip of one toe, she held out her arms to him and the tin soldier oh. was just as steadfast on his one leg. Not once did he take his eyes off her. Then the clock struck twelve and clack! Up popped the lid of the snuff box. But there was no snuff in it. <laughs> Out bounced a little black bogey, a jack-in-the-box. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> like a, 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 a bogeyman? I think so, yeah. A bogey okay. being like a sort of... Like a, ooh, mischievous sort of spirit-y okay, bogeyman. Yeah. Ooh, nasty. So picture a jack-in-the-box, Yeah, Yeah. Also, so, sorry, did you say it's the child's birthday that he got the sort of... It was, So it's yeah. not Christmas, it's, it's the kid's no. birthday. So it could be in, like, August or something. It could be. Okay. Tin soldier, he said. <laughs> Will you please keep your eyes to yourself? He's <laughs> <laughs> called him out. <laughs> yeah. That's good, good man. The tin soldier pretended not to hear. The bogey said, just you wait till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Adam turned and looked me dead in the eye when he said that. God. It's a menacing bogey. Oh, no. So he's called him out for sort of staring at a woman. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're thinking. You're on the bogey side. (laughs) Yeah. But when the morning came and the children got up, the soldier was set on the window ledge. And whether the bogey did it or there was a gust of wind... Oh, no. All of a sudden, the window flew open and the soldier pitched out headlong from the third floor. (gasps) He fell at breathtaking speed and landed, cap first, with his bayonet buried between the paving stones and his one leg stuck straight in the air. Wow. The housemaid and the little boy ran down to look for him 
and though they nearly stepped on the tin soldier, they walked right past without seeing him. If the soldier had called, Here I am! They surely have found him, but he thought it contemptible to raise an uproar while he was wearing his uniform. Oh, He's still got a sort of code. Yeah. Soon it began to rain. The drops fell faster and faster until they came down by the bucketful. And he's upside down. He's upside down. Soon as the rain let up, along came two young rapscallions. <laughs> Hi, look! One of them said, there's a tin soldier. Let's send him sailing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the sailor you want. <laughs> they got confused with the branches of the armed forces. <laughs> they made a boat out of newspaper, put the tin soldier in the middle of it, and away he went down the gutter with the two young rapscallions oh. running behind him and clapping their hands. High heavens! How the waves splashed and how fast the water ran down the gutter. So it's, it's turned into Flushed Away. Oh, yeah. The Hardman animated from, film. From Toy Story <laughs> to Flushed Away. But did, did you say the rapscallions are with him? They're like running down, like behind him. Down the him. gutter. Gutter, oh, so I guess, like the gutter. gutter in the street. Oh, he's not like gone a like a ditch. In the, the no, no, okay. not yet. So he's just, oh, he's going sort of down the hill on the side of the curb. Yeah, basically, oh, yeah. No. And it actually says, don't forget that it had just been raining by the bucketful. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I just haven't forgotten, Hans. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm on to it, Hans. Don't forget, there's a lot of water there. Okay. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense otherwise. So the paper boat pitched and tossed, and sometimes it whirled about so rapidly that it made the soldier's head spin. But he stood as steady as ever. Never once flinching, he kept his eyes front and carried his gun shoulder high. Suddenly the boat rushed under a long plank where the gutter was boarded over. It was as dark as the soldier's own box. Where can I be going? the soldier wondered. This must be the black bogey's revenge. Ah, if only I had the little lady with me. It could be twice as dark here for all that I would care. Out popped a great water rat (gasps) who lived under the gutter plank. Oh boy. Have you a passport? Said the rat. (laughs) Hand it over. I love the rats in Hans Christian Andersen. (laughs) The ones before eating bacon. This one's on border control. Is he like near approaching Sweden or something? The bridge? What? You got a passport? (laughs) You got a passport? Hand it over. The soldier kept quiet and held his musket tighter. On rushed the boat and the rat came right after it, gnashing his teeth as he called to the sticks and straws. Hold him! Stop him! He didn't pay his toll! He hasn't shown his passport! (laughs) But the current ran stronger and stronger. The soldier could see daylight ahead, where the board ended, but he also heard a roar that would frighten the bravest of us. Oh no. Hold on! Right at the end of that gutter plank, the water poured into the Great Canal. It was oh, as dangerous no. to him as a waterfall would be to us. Oh, thank you for the perspective. Yeah, you but needed I that. I was already aware that this was not a good situation. <laughs> he was so near it, he could not possibly stop. No. The boat plunged into the whirlpool. Oh, no. The poor tin soldier stood as staunch as he could, and no one can say that he so much as blinked an eye. Well, yeah, okay. All right, we get it. We okay, get it. He's, he's very good at his job. Yeah, he's okay. very dedicated. Or is he going to learn to maybe sort of like chill out a bit? Is that the message of this story? Well, we'll see. He's like, he hasn't shouted for help. He's always looking forward. That is in literally. Always. And um, (laughs) standing up straight when he's 
falling down a cascading waterfall. But he needs to just learn to live a little. Just chill, man. Just loosen up a bit. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Thrice and again, the boat spun around. It filled to the top and was bound to sink. So it landed in the water below. It did, okay. but it's filling up with the sort of turbulence of the water. Yeah, yeah. The water was up to his neck and still the boat went down deeper, deeper, deeper. And the paper got soft and limp. Then the water rushed over his head. What film is this? I'm trying to work it out. He <laughs> thought of the pretty little... Da- Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> he thought of the pretty little dancer whom he'd never see again. And in his ears oh. rang an old, old song. Farewell, farewell, O warrior brave. Nobody can from death be safe. And now the paper wow. boat broke beneath him and the soldier sank right through. And just at that moment, he was swallowed by an enormous fish. Yes, yes he was. Of course he was. It's Pinocchio. My, how dark it was inside that fish. It was darker than under the gutter plank and it was so cramped, but the tin soldier still was staunch. He lay there full length, soldier fashion, with musket to shoulder. Musket to shoulder. Fish's belly. Yep. Wow. Then the fish flopped and floundered in a most unaccountable way. <laughs> I, can't, I can't account for it. I can't account that for why that fish is doing that. Why are you doing that? Fish, your flopping is very unaccountable. <laughs> Finally, it was perfectly still. And after a while, something struck through him like a flash of lightning. The Ooh. tin soldier saw daylight again. And he heard a voice say, The tin soldier! What? The fish had been caught. Carried to market... No. Bought no. and brought to a kitchen where the cook cut him open with her big knife. She picked the soldier up bodily between her two fingers and carried him off upstairs. Could it be Could the it kid's be. house? Could it be? Everyone wanted to see this remarkable traveller who had travelled about in a fish's stomach, but the tin soldier took no pride in it. They put him on the table and lo and behold, what curious things can happen in this world. There he was, back in the same room as before. No, that is curious. Isn't it? What? (laughs) He saw the same children. Curiouser and curiouser. The same toys were on the table, and there was the same fine castle with the pretty little dancer. She still balanced on one leg, with the other raised high. So you couldn't see it. (laughs) You can't see that leg. (laughs) She too was steadfast. That touched the soldier so deeply that he Mm. would have cried tin tears. Only soldiers never cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting a bit too emotional, right? Okay, soldiers don't cry. Soldiers don't cry, mate. Come on. Wow. He looked at her and she looked at him and never a word was said, just as things were going so nicely for them. One of the little boys snatched up the tin soldier and threw him into the stove. Oh, no! What he, a rapscallion! He did it for no reason at all. <laughs> I love these descriptions. <laughs> Just so we're clear, there was absolutely no purpose. No reason he for did this that. At all. The black bogey and the snuff box must have put him up to it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it probably was. The tin soldier stood there dressed in flames. He felt a terrible heat, but whether it came from the flames or from his love, he didn't know. I think it was the flames. It probably was, wasn't it? It was on the fire. The, uh, I think that's why you're feeling the heat. Heat, yeah, from the fire. I think I really love you. I just, it's just getting a bit hot. Oh, it's getting really hot now. <laughs> it's, it's my passion. It's my love. 
He'd lost his splendid colours, maybe from his hard journey, maybe from grief. Nobody can say. Or maybe it was melted off of him in it the could fire. Could be. It's probably the fire yeah. again. Yeah. So he's in. He's, he's in the oven, <laughs> like an actual like oven with the door shut. Like a no, wood I think he's just in this, like some sort of open stove. Oh, okay. Like in a in an ingle nook, perhaps. Maybe in an ingle nook mm. fireplace. Yeah. Okay. He looked at the little lady, and she looked at him, and he felt himself melting. But still, he stood steadfast with his musket held trim on his shoulder. Then the door blew open. The door? To the room. Oh, okay. A puff of wind struck the dancer. And she fell over. She flew like a sylph. A sylph? I don't know what that is. Dare we speculate? I don't know. Sylph? Sylph? Sounds like another word. No, 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 no. Okay. S-Y-L-P-H. Oh. (laughs) Um, She flew like a sylph. Shall I look it up? You can look it up. Well, We'll look it up later. Okay. I'm just so into the story. That's, uh, where's she going to land? She in the fire. She flew fire. like a self straight into the fire oh, with I the soldier. It. I knew it. Blazed up in a flash and was gone. <gasps> the tin soldier melted all in a lump. <laughs> the next day, when a servant took up the ashes, she found him in the shape of a little tin heart. <gasps> but of the pretty dancer, nothing was left except a spangle, and it was burned as black as a coal. The end. Sorry, that was bleak, wasn't it? Oh, my Ma- God. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Oh, oh I didn't expect that. That, that came out of uh, nowhere. Because you, you're expecting the, the love story to have a happy ending, I suppose. Yeah. Or, or at least for the love to uh, happen, to blossom. It never did. It never did. I guess, I guess in a way they did. They fused into a sort of little um, tin heart. Yeah. Which is nice and sort of a bit emo. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, a bit much. No, I know, I like it. Well, you raise an interesting point, and I actually, I found this story under Christmas stories, and I was of yeah. the impression it all happened at Christmas, but now I read it back to you, yeah. it doesn't happen at Christmas. No, it's not, it wasn't very... But it's got nutcrackers yeah. and tin soldiers and stuff. That's true, yeah, that is true. I'm getting a Christmas feel off of yeah, it. Yeah, the fire and... But it wasn't really a Christmas story. It wasn't, was it? So I've messed up there, sorry about that. <laughs> Well, we've already had the the legend of the Christmas spider as well. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Wow, Hans Christian Andersen doesn't pull his punches. No, does he not will mess end about. on a melancholy note if he and wants. He's not afraid of that. No, it's funny. I read um, fairly recently. He said something like Hans Christian Andersen said, "Who's uh, you know he's a Danish, very famous Danish fairy tale writer." He yeah. said something like, "He's writing stories for adults, but under the guise of." children's stories or something to that effect or, or he starts with a, an idea that will appeal to adults and therefore it's kind of like for the whole family i guess like yeah. everyone can get something out of it and that is very um 
that's intense i think you know for um because in a way it's a, it's a love story but um, like a tragic love story yeah a real tragic love story i mean in, in a way i suppose you you could say like uh a man and a woman fall in love the man through circumstances gets sent away goes through a big ordeal comes back and they're about to be reunited and then they both get burned to death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, can kind yeah. of just, like, take that out of there. Um, but my gosh, wasn't he steadfast? He was. He didn't yeah. waver one iota. And soldiers don't cry, Matt. Soldiers do not cry. <laughs> okay. Soldiers don't cry. I love the little asides during the story. Like, yeah. no, this bit's really important. Listen up. And, like, <laughs> it had been raining. Don't forget that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was the other one? Oh, don't, don't forget that at his scale, this would be like a waterfall. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. So she... Sorry, my only other thing I'm thinking is she flew through the air like a sylph. Yeah. Should I have a look what sylph is? Yeah, look that up. Sylph, definition. Uh, a slender, graceful woman or girl. In folklore, one of a race of supernatural beings supposed to inhabit the air. Wow, so it's getting both those meanings in there. That's very clever translation. So she really did fly just like herself. She did. (laughs) It's an air spirit stemming from the 16th century work of Paracelsus, who describes sylphs as being of the air, his elements of the air. So kind of fictional creation, I think. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We learnt so much. And he basically invented Toy Story. Yeah. And flushed away. And Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Saw, or some, some horror Saw. film at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, yeah, that was powerful. And not what I expected. No. I realise that has uh, pulled the rug from under you a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I feel oh. bad in a couple of ways, I guess. <laughs> uh that we wasn't, from this evening. wasn't strictly a proper Christmas story, and it has ended on a bit of a like melancholy note. Mm, yeah. So I mean, it's totally up to you, Matt. Okay. But would you like a second story? Of course, I'd like a second <laughs> hey, story. That's a good answer. I mean, or we could just put Basil the Great Mouse Detective or Puss in Boots on on the DVD. Oh, let's have a story. Let's have a story. Story. Okay. okay. All right. So we've got a Christmas story, Matt. <laughs> I was going to say another one, but that technically wasn't a Christmas story. <laughs> It is now. And this is a story by an English writer. Okay. Mary de Morgan. Lovely. And this is called... Happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) More toys die horrendously. (laughs) This is called... The Story of a Cat. Oh, yes. The Story of a Cat. Once there lived an old gentleman who was a very rich old gentleman and able to buy nearly everything he wanted. He had earned all his wealth for himself by trading in a big city and now he had grown so fond of money that he loved it better than anything else in the world and thought of nothing except how he could save it up and make more. No, he's going to learn that that is not the way to go. Then a boy threw him in a fire for no reason. (laughs) But he never seemed to have time to enjoy himself with all that he had earned. And he was very angry if he was asked to give money to others. 
He lived in a handsome house all alone, and he had a very good cook who cooked him a sumptuous dinner every day, but he rarely asked anyone to share it with him. Is this a Christmas carol? <laughs> it's, uh, it's sounding <laughs> like a that, knock-off right? one. <laughs> Though he loved eating and drinking, and always had the best of wine and food. His cook and his other servants knew that he was greedy and hard and cared for nobody. And though they served him well because he paid them, they none of them loved him. It was one Christmas and the snow lay thick upon the ground and the wind howled so fiercely that the old gentleman was very glad he was not obliged to go out into the street but could sit in his comfortable armchair by the fire and keep warm. It really is terrible weather, he said to himself. Terrible weather. And he went to the window and looked out into the street, where all the pavements were inches deep in snow. I am very glad that I need not go out at all, but can sit here and keep warm for the day. Hmm. That is the great thing, and I shall have some ado to keep out the cold, even with the fire. He was leaving the window, when there came up in the street outside an old man, whose clothes hung in rags about him and who looked half frozen. He was about the same age as the old gentleman inside the window, and the same height, and had grey curly hair like his. Mm. And if he had been dressed alike, anyone would have taken them for two brothers. And he had one leg behind his head. (laughs) And he couldn't see it. (laughs) Oh, really? said the old gentleman irritably. This is most annoying. The parish ought to take up the sort of people and prevent their wandering about the streets and molesting honest folk. For the poor old man had taken off his hat and began to beg. Oh, what, look, just in the street, he can just, see him. He can just see him. Yeah. It is Christmas Day, he said. And although he did not speak very loud, the old gentleman could hear every word he said quite plainly through the window. It is Christmas Day, and you will have your dinner here in your warm room. I've gone a bit northern Irish. Irish. <laughs> <It's> Irish. <laughs> your warm room, okay. <laughs> no, give me some turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> I said it before. <laughs> We've struggled with accents on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I know, <laughs> I'm not very good at the accents, but his, his guy is not Northern okay. Irish. This is Northern Irish twin. Just <laughs> begging outside. Got it. Off your charity, give me a silver shilling that I may go into an eating shop now and have a dinner too. Now he's a Cockney. Now he's a Cockney. Shall okay. we stick with him being a Cockney? Okay. That it feels right. better than being Northern Irish. So he's, he's asked for a few bob. So he can go to the eating shop. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite shop. It's the best shop. What would you like to do? Eat? Or you better go to the eating shop. And the rich old man's like, it's called a restaurant, you buffoon. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never been to one know. before, have I? It's the old eating shop. <laughs> That's what I call it. With a fancy folks eat. <laughs> a silver shilling, cried the old gentleman. I never heard of such a thing. Monstrous. Go away. I never give to beggars. And you must have done something very wicked to become so poor. But still the old man stood there, though the snow was falling on his shoulders and on his bare head. Then give me a copper, he said. Just one penny, that today I may not starve. Certainly not, cried the old gentleman. I tell you I never give to beggars at all. But the old man did not move. Then, he said... Give me some of the broken victuals from your table that I may creep into a doorway and eat a Christmas dinner there. 
I will give you nothing, cried the old gentleman, stamping his foot. Go away, go away at once, or I shall send for the policeman to take you away. The policeman? <laughs> the one policeman? No, not the police, but the policeman. He's very busy right now, but I'll call him. Um, so he's saying this all through the window. Yeah, that's it. So he's just shouting through his own window. Basically. I tell you, Adam, I'm ready for a Christmas cat to appear and, I know. and arbitrate this, <laughs> sort this out. Right, gentlemen, let's sort this out. <laughs> well, the old beggar man put on his hat and turned quietly away. Oh, no. But what the gentleman thought was very odd was that instead of seeming distressed, he was laughing merrily. And he had a tail. <laughs> and then he looked back at the window and called out some words. But they were in a foreign language. Ooh. And the old gentleman could not understand them. So he returned to his comfortable armchair by the fire. Has he cast a spell on him? No, it seems like that might be the case. Still murmuring angrily that beggars ought not to be allowed in the streets. Next morning, the snow fell more thickly than ever, and the streets were almost impassable. But it did not trouble the old gentleman, for he knew he need not go out and get wet or cold. But in the morning, when he came down to breakfast, to his great surprise, Mm -hmm. there was a cat on the hearth rug in front of the fire, looking into it and blinking lazily. Now, the old gentleman had never had any animal in his house before, Mm. and he at once went to it and said, shoo, shoo, and tried to turn it out. But the cat did not move, and when the old gentleman looked at it nearer, he could not help admiring it very much. It was a very large cat, grey and black, and had extremely long soft hair and a thick soft ruff around its neck. (laughs) Moreover, it looked very well fed and cared for and as if it had always lived in comfortable places. Somehow it seemed to the old gentleman to suit the room and the rug and the fire and to make the whole place look more prosperous and cosy even than it had done before. Ah, okay. A fine creature, a very handsome cat, he said to himself. I should really think that a reward would be offered for such an animal, as it has evidently been well looked after and fed, so it would be a pity to turn it away in a hurry. It's just thinking about money. It's just all Always about... Always got money on the, the mind. The Benjamins. Yeah, That's yeah. All he thinks about. Yeah, yeah, definitely the, the Benjamins. <laughs> is that what is that thing? Did I just make that up? No, that's <laughs> true. Definitely I mean, in before. American currency. <laughs> yes. I think he's in England, but... Oh, that's true. He's all about... Stacking up the those... Elizabeths. Well, when this was written, probably those Victorias. Oh. Those Vickies. I guess we'll find out when it's written post-story. Yeah, I can't quite remember. Okay. I'm getting a very Victorian feel. Yeah, I'm thinking... Very Charles Dickens. Christmas cat. (laughs) (laughs) One thing struck him as very funny about the cat, and that was that though the ground was deep in snow and slush outside, the cat was quite dry, and its fur looked as if it had just been combed and brushed. The old gentleman called to his cook, and asked if she knew how the cat had come in, but she declared she had not seen it before, and she said she believed it must have come down the chimney as all the doors and windows had been shut and bolted. However, there it was, and when his own breakfast was finished, the old gentleman gave it a large saucer of milk, which it lapped up, not greedily or in a hurry, but as if it were quite used to good food and had plenty of it always. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay it's a very distinguished cat no street cat <laughs> oh no. no oh no he's used to uh, this this way of life it really is a very handsome animal and most uncommon said the old gentleman I shall keep it a while and look out for the reward 
I think he likes the cat. Yeah, really. He doesn't want to admit it to himself. Pretending it's all about money, but yeah. he's falling for Do the cat. Do you think that icy heart might just be starting to be. starting to fill? I'm feeling Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but though he looked at all the notices in the street and in the newspapers, the old gentleman could see no notice about a reward being offered for a grey and black cat, so it stayed on with him from day to day. Every day the cat seemed to his master to grow handsomer and handsomer. The old gentleman never loved anything but himself, but he began to take a sort of interest in the strange cat and to wonder what sort it was, if it was a Persian or a Siamese or some curious new sort of which he had never heard. He liked the sound of its lazy, contented purring after its food, which seemed to speak of nothing but comfort and affluence. So the cat remained on till nearly a year had passed away. Passed away. Yeah, I know that's that is what it said, but it sounds a lovely like, way of putting it. <laughs> the, the year has died. So I'm I'm thinking the cat is like the thin end of the wedge. It's sort of it's got in there. It's got a foot in the door, and the the ice is starting to thaw. It's got a paw in the door. It's got a paw in the door. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> What's this guy called? Do we know his name? The old gentleman. The old gentleman <laughs> <laughs> with the metal heart. He's called Jebanija. Splooge. (laughs) It was not very long before Christmas that an acquaintance of the old gentleman's came to his rooms on business. He knew a great deal about all sorts of animals and loved them for their own sakes. But of course he had never talked to the old gentleman about them because he knew he did not love anything. But when he saw the grey cat, he said at once, Do you know that is a very valuable creature and I should think it would be worth a great deal? At these words, the old gentleman's heart beat high. Here, he thought, would be a piece of great luck if a stray cat were to make him richer than he was before. Why? Who would buy it? He said. I don't know anybody who would be so foolish as to give any money for a cat which is of no use in life except to catch mice, when you can so easily get one for nothing. Ah, but many people are very fond of cats, and would give much for rare sorts like this. If you want to sell it, the right thing would be to send it to the cat show. And there, <laughs> the cat show. The cat show. Cats <laughs> by Andrew Lloyd Webber. What you need to do is send it to cats. The cat show. The cat I show. really hope we end up at the cat show. Oh, I'm not sure we will. I think you might be disappointed there. That will be the sequel next year. <laughs> a story of a cat too. The cat show. <laughs> and there, you will most likely take a prize for it, and then someone would be sure to buy it, and it maybe would give a great deal. I don't know what kind it is or where it comes from, for I've never seen one kit. But for that reason, it is very sure to be valuable. Mm. Upon this, the old gentleman almost laughed with joy. <laughs> where is the cat show? He asked. And when is it to be held? There will be a cat show in this city quite soon, said his acquaintance. And it will be a particularly good one, for the new princess is quite crazy about cats. Oh. And she is coming to it. And uh, it is said that she doesn't mind what she gives for a cat if she sees one she likes. So then he told the old gentleman how he should send his name and the cat's name to the people who managed the show and where it was to be held and went away, leaving the old gentleman well pleased. But to himself, he laughed and said, I don't think that old man thinks of anything on earth but making money. How pleased he was at the idea of selling that beautiful cat if he could get something for it. When he had gone, the grey puss came and rubbed itself around its master's legs and looked up in his face as though it understood the conversation and did not like the idea of being sent to the show. 
But the old gentleman was delighted and sat by the fire and mused on what he was likely to get for the cat. Sorry, is the cat show like an auction? Like a cat auction? That's what I'm imagining. It's not like... um, Not like cat tricks. No. Like crofts. (laughs) Like cats doing the trapeze. (laughs) No, that that would be fun. I think that does exist in places. Oh, okay. We'll be YouTubing that after the story. (laughs) Um, no, it's it is more like a cat auction. Okay, no. I don't know if they like strut down the catwalk. That's a grim fact. That's where the term catwalk comes from. The cat show. From the cat show. I should be sorry to have to send it away, he said. Still, if I could get a good round sum of money, it would be a real sin not to take it. So, you will have to go, Puss. And it really was extraordinary good luck for me that you ever came here. The days passed. Christmas Day came, and again the snow fell, and the ground was white. The wind whistled and blew, and on Christmas morning the old gentleman stood and looked out of the window at the falling snow and rain, and the grey cat stood beside him and rubbed itself against his hand. He rather liked stroking it. It was so soft and comfortable, and when he touched the long hair he always thought of how much money he could get for it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, come here, you old oh, money, money, do money, do money. Oh. It's like um, in a cartoon when you're hungry and the other person turns into a big turkey. <laughs> yes. It's like turns into a big stack of coins. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. His eyes go really big. <laughs> God, this guy loves money. He loves it so much. This morning, he saw no old beggar man outside the window and he said to himself, I really think they manage better with the beggars than they used to and are clearing them from the town. But just as he was leaving the window, he heard something scratching outside and there crawled onto the windowsill another cat. Wait, what? Yes, Matt. Another Christmas another cat? Another Christmas cat. Is it, It's a year later as well, right? It so is, it's Christmas yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, but the beggar guy wasn't outside this time. He wasn't outside this time. But he turns around. Another Christmas cat. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Sorry, I got a bit. Did he, he didn't go to. The, he hasn't been to the cat show yet. No, no, no. He's just no, yeah. thinking about, He's the, cat thinking about the cat show. Thinking about the cat show. The other guy, he's a business associate. He said it's coming up. The princess is yeah. coming. It's going to be a big one. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Everyone's yeah, I'm really there. looking forward to it. Anyway, in the meantime, it's Christmas. Yeah. This other cat's turned up outside. Oh man, outside. Outside the window. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a very different creature to the grey cat on the rug. It was a poor, thin, wretched-looking <gasps> animal with ribs sticking out through its fur, and it mewed in the most pathetic manner, and beat itself against the pane. Oh, it's gone up to the window. It's like tapping on the window. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see a cat just... (laughs) He's like, I'm going to call the policeman. (laughs) Oh, I love calling the policeman. What service do you require, policeman? Um... There's a cat, cat banging on my window. Banging on the window. And uh, <laughs> when it saw it, the handsome grey puss was very much excited and ran to and fro and purred loudly. Okay. Oh, you disgraceful looking beast, said the old gentleman angrily. Go away. This is not a place for an animal like you. There is nothing here for stray cats. And you look as if you had not eaten anything for months. How different to my puss you are. And he tapped against the window to drive it away. But still it would not go. And the old gentleman felt very indignant, for the sound of its mewing was terrible. 
So we opened the window, and though we did not like to touch the miserable animal, we took it up and hurled it away <laughs> into the snow. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> and it trotted away, and oh. in the deep snow, he could not see the way it went. But that evening, after he had had his Christmas dinner, as he sat by the fire with the grey puss on the hearthrug beside him, he heard again the noise outside the window, and then he heard the stray cat crying and mewing to be let in, and again the grey and black cat became very much excited and dashed about the room and jumped at the window as if it wanted to open it. I should be really glad when I sold you at the cat show, said the old gentleman, if I'm going to have all sorts of stray cats worrying here. And for the second time, he opened the window and seized the trembling, half-starved creature. And this time, he threw it with all his might as hard as he could throw. And just, I'm just picturing that from the outside. Yeah. Just looking at a man open a window, pick up a cat, cat and just lob it. Just sort of like go long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like a rugby ball through the air. And now there is an end of you, I hope, he said, as he heard it fall with a dull thud, and settled himself again in his armchair, and the grey puss returned to the hearth rug, but it did not purr or rub itself against the master. Not impressed. No, it's like, hmm, don't know what he did to that cat. Next morning, when he came down to breakfast, the old gentleman poured out a saucer of milk for his cat as usual. You must be very well fed if you are going to be shown at the show, he said. And I must not mind a little extra expense to make you look well. It will all be paid back. So this morning, you shall have some fish as well as your milk. Then well, so the cat's only had milk? For, a year, for just, over a year. It's got <laughs> catastrophic uh, stomach problems, I think, from that. Catastrophic. Oh, <laughs> the puns are out. Uh, yeah, that's uh, not a good diet. No, it's not just milk. Well, today's getting some fish and milk. The two best foods. Uh, then he put the saucer of milk down by the cat, but it never touched it, but sat and looked at the fire with its tail curled around it. Oh, it's sad. Oh, well, if you have had so much already that you don't want it, you can take it when you do. So he went away to his work and left the saucer of milk by the fire. But when he came back in the evening, there was the saucer of milk and the piece of fish, and the grey cat had not touched them. It's in a strop. Yeah, really, it's not happy with them. This is rather odd, said the old gentleman. However, I suppose Cook has been feeding you. Next morning it was just the same. When he poured out the milk, the cat wouldn't lap it, but sat and looked at the fire. The old gentleman felt a little anxious, for he fancied that the animal's fur did not look so bright as usual, and when in the evening, and in the next day, and the next, it would not lap its milk, or even smell the nice pieces of fish he gave it, he was really uncomfortable. The creature is getting ill, he said, and this is most provoking. What will be the use of my having kept it for a year if now I cannot show it? He scolded his cook for having given it unwholesome food. But the cook swore it had had nothing. Anyhow, it was growing terribly thin. And all day long oh, it no. sat in front of the fire with its tail hanging down, not curled up neatly around it, and its coat looked dull and began to come out in big tufts of hair. Well, a hunger strike. Yeah, it really is. It's not good. <sighs> Man, yeah. Hope it turns around. Oh, I really hope so. <laughs> and then it dies. <laughs> <laughs> then a kid. The <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> now, really, I, I shall have to do something, said the old gentleman. It is enough to make anyone angry. No one would believe that this could be a prize cat. 
It looks almost as wretched as that stray beast that came to the window on Christmas Day. So we went to a cat and dog doctor who lived near and asked him to come in and see a very beautiful cat which had nothing the matter with it but which refused to eat its food. The cat's doctor came and looked the vet. at it. And the the vet. cat's doctor. Oh, nice to see you, doctor. How are you doing? And he looked very grave and shook his head and looked at it again. He's got a stethoscope around his neck (laughs) and a lab coat on. (laughs) Cat doctor. (laughs) Doctor, cat doctor. I don't know what sort of cat it is. He said... It's always... (laughs) (laughs) like, doctor, doctor, what's wrong with him? Well, I don't even know what kind of cat it is. (laughs) Doctor, there must be something you could do. What is that? So you're saying that's a cat, right? <laughs> Seven years at cat doctor's school. And you can't even tell what the cat is. For, for I never saw any other like it. But it is a very handsome beast and must be very valuable. <laughs> Everyone's obsessed with it. <laughs> even the cat doctor is like, oh, that's a valuable one. That's one expensive cat. Uh, we didn't get those at cat doctor school. <laughs> well, well, I will leave you some physic for it. I don't know what okay. f- physic. Physic. Is <laughs> that copyright? <laughs> yeah, physic TM. <laughs> it's not spelled like, if it was spelled like F-I-Z-Z-I-C, that would be like a drink from the 90s or something that we physic. drank as kids. Physic! Oh, mum, you had a physic. Mm. But no, it's just like physics. PH. Yeah. Physic. <laughs> I'll leave you some physic for it, and I hope you may be able to pull it round. But with these foreign cats, you never know what ails them, and they are hard to cure. This is the worst cat doctor. I think it should be struck off. <laughs> oh, I think I know what's... Oh, oh, it's a foreign cat. No, I have no idea. No sorry, idea. Mate, sorry, mate. Don't do foreign cats. Um, he didn't know what it was. <laughs> then he's like, oh, that looks very valuable. And then he's like, oh, it's foreign. Have some physic. <laughs> Get some physic. Uh, now the day was close at hand when the cat should have been sent to the show and the old gentleman was getting more and more uneasy. The grey cat lay upon the rug all day and never moved and its ribs could almost be seen through its side. So thin had it grown. And oddly enough, the old gentleman, who had never cared for anyone or anything in his life except himself, began to feel very unhappy. Mm. Not only because he was not getting the money, but because he did not like to think of losing the cat itself. He sent for his friend who had first told him about the cat show and asked his advice, but his friend could not tell him what to do with it. Well, well, he said, this is a bad business, for I've told everyone that you are going to exhibit a most extraordinary beautiful cat, and now this poor creature is really fit for nothing but the knacker's yard. That's a bit extreme, but I think maybe some naturalists would give you a good price for its skin. (laughs) As it is so very uncommon, and it, are you <laughs> laughing at naturalist? Yeah, it's not naturalist. No, I know. <laughs> it's like they can wrap up warm <laughs> with, with a cat. Oh, oh dear. Sorry. Oh, uh, that's all right. Sorry. I thought, yeah. Uh, too much alcohol-free mulled wine. Oh, it really goes to your head. Uh, and if I were you, I should kill it at once. For if it dies a natural death, its skin won't be worth a brass farthing. This is the friend. Yeah. Oh, he's changed his tune. I know. At these words, the grey cat lifted its head, looked straight into the old gentleman's face, as if it could understand, 
and the first time for many a long year, the old gentleman felt a feeling of pity in his heart and was angry with his friend for suggestion. I won't have it killed, he cried. Why, I declare, though it does seem absurd, I've lived with this creature for a year, and I feel as if it were my friend, and if it would only get well and sit up on the hearthrug, I shouldn't mind about the money one bit. Oh, it's happened. It's happened. It's happened. He's had a turnaround. At this, his friend was greatly astonished and went away, wondering, while the old gentleman sat by the fire and watched the cat lying panting on the rug. Poor pussy, poor old pussy, he said. It is a pity you can't speak and tell me what you want. I am sure I would give it to you. Just as he spoke, there came a noise outside, and he heard a mewing, and looked through the window and saw the same thin, ugly brown cat that had come there last Christmas, and it looked as thin and wretched as ever. When she heard the sound, the grey cat stood up on her tottering feet and tried to walk to the window. <laughs> this... <laughs> Talk about a catwalk. I know. <laughs> this time, the old gentleman did not drive it away, but looked at it and almost felt sorry for it. And threw it with all his might <laughs> across Before the he city. yeeted it across the road. <laughs> it looked... Almost as thin and ill as his own grapus. You are an ugly brute, he said, and I don't want you always hanging about. Still, maybe you would be none the worse for a little milk now, and it might make you look better. So he opened the window a little, and then he shut it. That was almost nice. Backhanded. And shut it, and then he opened it again, and this time the brown cat crawled into the room and went straight to the hearth rug to the grapus. There was a big saucer of milk on the hearthrug, and the brown cat began to lap it up at once, and the old gentleman never stopped it. He thought, as he watched it, that it grew fatter under his eyes as it, as it drank, mm. and when the saucer was empty, he took a jug and gave it some more. I really am an old fool, he said. Mm. That is a whole penneth of milk. No sooner had he poured out the fresh milk than the grey cat raised itself, and sitting down by the saucer, began to lap it as well. They're so As sort of slow, quite aren't well. they? Yeah. Like, uh, crawling uh, to the saucer of milk. some milk. Thank you, very vivid. The old gentleman stared with surprise. Well, this is the queerest thing, he said. So he took some fish and gave it to the strange cat. And then, when he offered some to his own puss, it ate it as if there was nothing the matter. This is most remarkable, said mm. the old gentleman. Perhaps it was the company of a creature of its own sort oh. that my cat needed after all. And Here's the grey cat purred and began to rub itself against his legs. That means yes. <laughs> yes, you finally got it, you idiot. <laughs> so for the next few days, the two cats lay together on the hearth rug. And though it was too late to send the grey cat to the show, the old gentleman never thought about it. So pleased was he that he had got it well again. But seven nights after, the stray cat could come in from the outside. As the old gentleman lay asleep in bed at night... He felt something rub itself against his face <laughs> and heard his cat purring softly as though it wanted to say goodbye. Oh. Be quiet, person. Lie still till the morning, he said. But when he came down to have his breakfast in the morning, there sat the brown tabby, looking fat and comfortable by the fire. But the grey cat was not there. And though they looked for it everywhere, no one could find it. Though all the windows and doors had been shut, so they could not think how it had got away. 
The old gentleman was very unhappy about it, but he looked at the strange cat on his hearth and said, It would be very unkind now to send this poor thing away, so it may as well stay here. When she heard him speaking of its being unkind, his old cook burst out laughing. Perhaps, she said, t'was a fairy cat, as it could get away through bolts and locks, and nothing but a fairy could have taught my master to think of a thing being unkind or not. I only hope that now he'll think of someone in this world beside himself and his money. She's saying that out loud. She's saying that out okay, loud yeah. to, to her master. Hmm. And sure enough, from that time, the old gentleman began to forget about his money and to care for the people about him. And it was all the doing of the strange cat who had come from no one knew where and gone to no one knew where. The end. Yeah, oh, it's quite um, sobering. You know, it's quite a. You've got to sort of sit with that. You know, you do. I like it. Was it was very humble. You know, it was all it was it was all kind of happening in this this man's house, this grumpy old man's house. Yeah, the cats. I mean, you know, we were promised the princess at a cat show. I know. And I was like, whoa. I wish we'd gone there, but you know, I—that's I, what I mean. It's quite humble. So I it's understand. like forget about all that. It's just this grumpy old man is just learning a lesson, and I like that. There's a kind of parallel between, like, the well-looked-after cat and the scrawny um, stray cat, and then there's him, who's you know living very well, yeah. and then the kind of guy who looks like him. Yeah. People say it could be his brother, um, who's homeless or whatever. Exactly. There's yeah. A kind of. And actually, what happened at the end there was the well-off cat followed the lead of the scrawny cat and it yeah. copied what it did in order to get better. So it's like saying, like, <laughs> I don't know what it's saying. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. It's like that was actually the better way to be, I guess. Or like he had to learn. The guy had to learn, basically. Yeah. How to live in a way. Yeah. Right. No, no, exactly. That's why it's even cleverer than just a cat coming mm-hmm. and the cat melts his heart a little bit. It, yeah. The cat was never supposed to stay with him. Mm-hmm. It, he didn't learn to love a cat that was already beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's actually learned to love a cat that was scrawny and homeless and whatever. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it was it. like transferred his affections on from the, like good looking cat onto the scrawny cat yeah exactly that's quite clever yeah it's very clever and I love the, um, the moment where and it was it was all lovely quite understated but quite powerful where he the, the ice melts the, and it was when the cat like who's just lying there like Ugh, on the, by the fire turned to look at him 
and it looked at him and it said like for the first time in his life he felt pity because yeah. all up until then he was unhappy that the cat was like not eating and it took all of that for him to feel something towards something else exactly yeah that was, and then he just goes off on one night his friend like yeah. what um, that was really nicely done yeah I liked it I'm glad very nice very different very different yeah still a, a Christmas story I like getting two Christmas. I like getting two Christmas stories, or yeah. one and another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So, who who was that by? Mary de Morgan. Mm. And who was Mary de Morgan? Do we know when was this written? I can't remember. Okay, to be honest with you, <laughs> she. I'm pretty sure she was alive during Victorian times. Okay. And do we know where it comes from? What book? It comes from the Wind Fairies and Other Tales. Oh. I think I might have found her, Adam. Just like, just casual, casual search online. Uh, Mary is best known today, if she's known at all, as the writer of fairy tales. Uh, she published three volumes. She was born 1850 until 1907. There you go. Yeah, that is like all of the Victorian era, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> Plus a little bit. Wow. Yes, oh, that's lovely. And from what I, I read, I understand she was quite influenced by Hans Christian Andersen. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can... Which you can kind of tell. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Grimm's, is it? These... Uh, it's interesting, all these Christmas stories we do are all very much like literary fairy tales. They're all authored Yeah. to give a kind of Christmas message. Whereas the Grimm's, you know, the idea is that they're folk tales. Exactly. And yeah. we don't actually find Christmas folk tales weirdly. They all seem to be these literary fairy tales. If that ma- does that make sense? No, it you does make I mean? sense. Yeah. Which is interesting because you'd imagine that there would be more sort of oral fairy tales um, that are about Christmas. I guess we had the elves and the shoemaker. It was quite Christmassy. That's true. And Mother Hole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is that is interesting. And as you say, yeah, this is more like Hans Christian Andersen in that it feels like a. Like a story. I was getting a bit worried that it would be like last year, where it would be another, <laughs> it was like another hour-long one. No, 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 no. But that was the only one we had then. Whereas this was the second, uh, second I, story. I love getting two stories. Hey. Love it. That's well, fun. As a little Christmas treat to you, Matt. That was that was the two stories. So. Wow. Ah, oh, an absolute joy. I enjoyed that. Did you have a favourite between the two? And it's okay to have favourites. You know, I was I was just thinking about the the steadfast little toy soldier, whatever it was called. Not that I wasn't listening to the Christmas Cat, but it, it just occurred to me all of a sudden that 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 ends that story with the like the heart in the fire, right? The fusing of the heart, and it's almost like saying, at the end of the day, life is about, or after life, all that's left is love, or the like connections you make. I suppose everything else doesn't matter. That's what remains. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of meaning of that. Because all that's left at the end is that heart. And that's quite and powerful. That's all those characters needed. Yeah. From each other. Yeah. Very powerful. But then I, I really like, there's something about the Christmas cat. I, yeah, I could see that as like a sort of animated hour long movie or something. You know what Definitely, I mean? Like yeah. ha- pencil drawn. Oh, yeah, that'd be beautiful. And it was quite clever, as you say, the way it worked at the end. And it had a fairy in it. We didn't even talk yeah. about the fairy. A fairy cat. I thought it might be like a Father Christmas cat because it was the chimney. It came down the chimney, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What did you prefer? 
difficult one, isn't it? Yeah. Ultimately, the Chris, the story of the cat. I love cats. Cats. We've had double cats though. You got me Puss in Boots, the movie. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Well, I love them both, Adam. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. I enjoyed that. It's been a lovely Christmas party. It really has. You deserve a drink, I think. I'll have a little bit more uh, slow gin. Have a bit of slow gin. You definitely deserve some slow gin <laughs> after that. It was amazing. <laughs> what is left at the Christmas party then? Well, just a few things I wanted to, to bring as well. Okay. Um, I thought you might be interested in hearing uh, 2021 in numbers. So it's yes, the end please. of the year. We're getting to the end of the year. I thought this might be of interest to you. Is this like my sort of Spotify rant, <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> yes. Grim Reading? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, perfect. So, um, in 2021, we released in total 30 episodes. Oh, wow. Which is 2.5 a month. 30 episodes. 30 episodes. In When? What? <laughs> <laughs> In 2021, we released 30 episodes. Right, I was total. already confused by that. That's including Grimm Fables. Let me break it down for you. 15 Brothers Grimm stories we uh -huh. did. Uh, 18 episodes of Grimm Reading in total. 12 episodes of Grimm Fables. We released our first ever special episode as well, The Pied Piper. Yeah. Which is available to patrons or to buy as an MP3 download. Uh, we reviewed two movies... Yeah, yeah. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, and Snow White. <laughs> hmm. uh, we interviewed Jack Zipes. Whoa, that was this year. That was crazy. Arguably the biggest Brothers Grimm fairy tale professor ever. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also gave out our highest ever score and our lowest ever score this year. Seriously? Yeah. First episode of the year... Puss in Boots. Of course, yes. Got 19 out of 20. And then at the tail end of the year, oh dear, yeah. we had The Good Bargain, which got 0 out of 20. It's quite a slide, a, a fall from grace during the year, isn't it? To start <laughs> yeah. on a high and end on an absolute low. Oh, we got it the wrong way around. <laughs> it was funny because after The Good Bargain, I realised that, you know, not only was it incredibly offensive it also showed that we have been scoring differently for the entire podcast because you didn't realize that we could give a zero yeah. you thought one was the lowest score which means yeah. that technically we've been scoring differently <laughs> i guess we have yeah. every single episode <laughs> <laughs> so we've also therefore figured out how the podcast works now yeah. which is good which is good and yeah it's a step forward page. we can give zeros if we want <laughs> yeah oh when will the crimes of the good bargain end honestly <laughs> I guess I was thinking like a star rating, you can't give zero stars. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like when you review something yeah. online, you can only give it one star. That's Maybe true. that's what I was thinking. I think, yeah, I think I was thinking more like, about like the Rexy, other Rexy pods and the okay. way that they do it and they often give zeros. Zeros, yeah. Because it's normally on a scale of one to ten. But we just assume blah, this. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah. Yeah. We've, this was just an assumption. Hang on, if it? I listen back to an episode and one of us has set, uttered the phrase <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> no, no, Ooh. let's not. Dig, let's not. Uh... It's just like, like the good bargain. This is ruining the podcast. <laughs> it just keeps ruining the podcast. <laughs> Another thing we did was create uh, Spotify playlists of all the music that we've used in the podcast, 
Uh, now, this was precipitated by finding that a listener had made a playlist of our music already, which, like, totally blew our minds. Yeah, it did. It really did. And when I announced our official playlists, I said that I thought that the listener had taken theirs down. Yeah. Because I couldn't find it anymore. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It's resurfaced. Oh. It's called Grim Reading Soundtrack. And uh, the user who created it is J Full. J-F-U-L-L. And the the playlist description they put is Classical and Romantic Treasures Curated for the Grim Reading Podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you, J-Full, for that. You you made us feel like a big deal. Yeah. When we found that, we were like, whoa, whoa, people are listening (laughs) to us. It was weird. Um, I'm glad that's still there. Yeah, I, I think it's a lovely compliment to the official yeah. playlists. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but there are official playlists. Uh, and also the other thing is, the final thing to say is, uh, I've also been playing with our Spotify this month. Uh, and I've created a bunch of new playlists that contain our actual episodes. Okay. So you know how we've like unearthed this kind of grim verse, like with all these like interconnected stories? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've made a bunch of playlists capturing this for a more curated grim reading experience. Okay, you've intrigued me. Tell me more. So we've got now the Hands Trilogy. Yeah. The Fox Quadrilogy. Yeah. Thumbling Fun. Yeah, that's a two-part. Uh, <laughs> that's a two-parter, that yeah. one. Hansel and Gretel and Beyond. The Adventures of Chanticleer and Partlet. The Simpleton Trilogy. And then finally, I've made one of the famous Brothers Grimm stories, which just has all the famous ones in it. All so it's Snow White, Puss in Boots, Frog King, Sleeping Beauty, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want a more curated listening experience, it's all there. Wow. You really have been busy. It was good fun. That's cool. I particularly enjoyed writing the um, descriptions for the playlists. <laughs> would you like one? I wasn't going to read them to you. I would actually quite like one. Do you want to pick? Do you want to pick one of the playlists? Oh, Which do you remember? Um, <laughs> let's go for Chanticleer and Partlet. Chanticleer and Partlet. A series of wacky adventures with <laughs> everyone's favourite murderous chickens. It ends in disaster, but we enjoyed the ride. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. So yeah, so if you want, if you want to check out our Spotify, um, you've got a bit more stuff on there now. Amazing. So yeah. I'd say it's been a good year. It's been a great year. In fact, speaking of Spotify, we popped up in a few people's mm. uh, Spotify Wrapped that we were. That's a weird word, isn't it? The plural of Wrapped. Wrapped. It's a strange <laughs> word. But that was that was nice. Yeah, people it was really were nice. Sort of um, tweeting and, and tagging us in that. Yeah, that was lovely. I mean, my Spotify... Do you, do you get the Spotify? I right? don't use Spotify. Ah, okay. It Sorry. can be a bit cringy. You're like, oh. I li- that was what one of my most ha- listened to go songs. Come on, Matt. No, what? You can't just say that and not tell me. Come on. What did like, you listen to? That is going with me to the grave. <laughs> not okay. sharing that. Matt's not posting his Spotify raps. But yeah, I mean, it was obviously grim reading. Match. <laughs> Match. That was really lovely, though. Uh, yeah, to get that. That was nice. Yeah. So, th- yeah, thank you for listening. I mean, it, you know, it's been a, we- it's been a, been another weird year. It's been a very strange year. Yeah. You know, changing um, landscape around COVID, and also just sort of changing personal circumstances and stuff. But I'm excited about next year. Well, cheers. Here's cheers. To, uh, oh no, it's empty. But oh no, cheers. I'll have a drink. Here's to uh, yeah. Here's to, tw- here's to the next year coming up. Yeah. And uh, goodbye to this one.
but we've had some fun. I think it was quite amazing looking at that uh, stuff that we've done. It's pretty yeah. good. It's good, isn't it, I guess, to look back and see what you've done. It is good. I was surprised by the 30 episodes, but we did more than we realised we did. Well, one thing I thought that could be a, a, a bit of a good start to next year is um, it's Christmas time, right? We're not doing anything. We're chilling out. What better than to watch another movie, oh, yeah. another fairy tale movie, and give it a review in our first patron episode of Grim Fables in January? Interesting. I was thinking, oh, we got a lot more uh, films now on the DVD castle shelf, but I was thinking uh, it's available, at least on UK Netflix, the movie Snow White and the Huntsman. What's that? Well, exactly. Why don't we watch and find out okay. and give it a little movie review? Happily. Sound good? That sounds great. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do That's it. That's sorted then. January Excellent. Grim Fables film review of Snow White and the Huntsman. Snow White and the Huntsman. They're not even... We don't know if there's seven of them? Or? We shall find out <laughs> very soon. Otherwise, December's episode of Grim Fables will be coming out towards the end of December, I think. Yeah. In that weird bit between Christmas and New Year. Um, and... We've got a big old story to read in there. Another Hans Christian Andersen story that was promised in uh, The Little Peasant. So that's going to be yes. fun. And also we just released our Q&A episode for patrons as well. So if anyone's interested, if you want to become a patron, I don't want to plug our patron on Christmas, but we just did that and it was really good it's fun. The, it's, it's a, it's <laughs> it's a, a fun Christmas plug. <laughs> it's a fun Christmas plug. <laughs> Please give us money. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, otherwise, we will be back uh, in January with probably a surprise special episode. Oh, hello. Yeah. It's a little sneak peek. A little sneak peek. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, no, peeking. no peeking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Well, thanks to everyone for listening, for all your support throughout the year. As you said, it's been a difficult one, but we got through it together, and uh, it means a lot to us, all your support, and just listening to the podcast, so thank you, and we'll see you in 2022. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year and all that. Cheers. Cheers. Keep it grim. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on podbean at podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. deal with the comings and goings of people <laughs> what what's the issue here dear baba yaga how can i deal with the comings and goings of people baba yaga each coming is a beautiful assault and each going a griefly one
In the pond I watched my dartings, and if I were to stand at one end, I would be much bereaved. But looking from above it, it is not to feel sorrow, for all that moves away comes back or arrives to yet another, and movement is what freshens the water. Only when you, colon, are smallest and stillest, comma, with no other but a humanly eye, does each movement cause such pain? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Baba. Beautiful.